You're listening to episode 100, y'all. Whoop, whoop. This episode is brought to you by Rogue Water Lab. Hi, this is George Hawkins, and I am the founder and president of Moonshot Missions. This is a podcast that is demonstrating the value of communication in the water sector. It's Water in the Real Life with my friend, the H2 duo, Stephanie Corso and Ariane Shipley. We are proud to announce our new nonprofit venture, Rogue Water Lab. A tribe, an experience, a calling, a hub where you can learn, connect, and grow. The lab is cultivating the next generation of innovators in water communication and education. Why? Because progress is a human story. And those who tell the stories rule the world. So the question now belongs to you. Are you ready to join the revolution? Those who tell the stories rule the world. We end every episode with that, and we're really excited that we get to share ours in our 100th episode. Boy, don't we ever share some of our stories. <laughs> when we when we hit stop, Greg was like, that was great. It was a balance of, you know, getting to know you guys personally and not making anyone awkward. So <laughs> I'm glad he said that because I felt awkward. I poured out my heart. Yeah, I was actually sweating, literally. I mean, I just... I was just. I was sweating during the intro. I know. I was committed to being <laughs> uh, to being super vulnerable and candid, and I think that we were. But one thing that I did forget, just in the excitement of getting to do that with Greg, was just I wanted to include just a huge, huge, huge thank you mm-hmm. to every single one of you listening who got us to this point, number one hundred, uh, four seasons in. I mean, four seasons in. 100 y'all 100 uh just thank you i know that that those are just two simple words and i can't really convey what we both feel in our hearts for you but i mean you're an amazing tribe and we are so blessed so grateful to each and every one of you that we've got to know mm-hmm. and meet and high five in person when in person was a thing drink so. beers with yep. drink coffee with yep shoot water but um, so we're, <laughs> so we're going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus as we take a break. And um, Arian, you want any, plant yeah, any like seeds to. of excitement? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> just, okay. No, I want to tell them a couple of things. So we're taking the break. But I need them to first, right now, hit pause. And if you haven't already done so, subscribe. Because we will be sprinkling in some badass interviews yes. that we have not released yet um, over the summer. Yep. And we don't have dates for them. It's not going to be your normal cadence. So subscribe and also sign up for the newsletter right now. Right now. So pause, sign up for the newsletter so you can have that at your fingertips uh, on your phone when we do release them. Of course, we'll be blasting it on social, but... Why not subscribe and get it immediately? Um, Because we're taking a break, a huge break, a little bit bigger than normal, um, because we are going to have, we're working on a second podcast, but not just any podcast, something that is helpful for the visual and, or audio and visual learners. So you can call it whatever you want. We have settled on the pod doc. Pod doc. And it's fun to say. 
and it's fun to say. So a podcast documentary coming out soon in 2020, and we'll be working on that hard this summer. Yes. Coming to an ear near you. And if you want the details, you got to do what her call to actions where you got to subscribe to the podcast, either on iTunes, on Spotify, whatever your player of choice is, but more so sign up for our newsletter. Uh, and you can do that really simply, really simply at roguewaterlab.org. It's the pop-up uh, that pops up. Please watch our launch video. Again, it gives us goosebumps every time because it just reminds us of this journey. So check that out. Sign up for that newsletter because, yeah, we've got um, more details coming about that. And uh, something else to keep on the radar, too, is that we moved all of our live Catalyst events to 2021, but we will be having a virtual Catalyst experience <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> I was going to add some, like, excited about. some sounds. Like, as you were, dun, 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 Virtual Catalyst coming this summer. Coming. Yeah. So be, uh, be on the lookout for that. So those are your call to actions. We hope you enjoy this super candid, vulnerable conversation with the H2 duo. Uh, episode 99, you got to hear a little bit more about the origin story of the lab and a, and a little peek of behind the scenes of that entrepreneurial journey with George Hawkins and Nathan Oley. Uh, but this really is, I call that the water in real life behind the scenes. But this is, this is definitely the H2 duo in real life. And so... Yeah. If you feel connected or if you can relate to anything that we mentioned in this episode, like we would love for you to hit us up, DM us, email, whatever, and just share like, yo, I feel the same way or been through that, been there, done that. Um, because that's what this is all about is the tribe and making sure that we're all in it to win it and on the same, you know, like we're here mentally for each other. Yeah. <laughs> and emotionally. We're supportive sure. in that way. So the lab continues to grow. Water in real life, this podcast, Catalyst, those are just the foundation of the dreams and the vision that we have for the lab. We're only going to continue to grow that. I, I would be remiss if I didn't give a special shout out to our amazing production team with Rogue Water Lab. Those are our, uh, our boys, Dustin and AJ with 12 Midnight, which handle uh, a good portion of the video production piece. And then also our, our boys, Andre and Matt with Andre, with, with Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Andre likes that. With Matt Black Sound. Yes. I was about to call it Andre Black Sound. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Matt Black Sound. They yes. um, have, you know, if you've noticed our audio quality, um, leveling up, it's because of them. Yes, for sure. And shout out to the new uh, the new podcast intro music too. So, um, you guys, they continue to help us raise our raise our game on the production value of what we do. So it's amazing to have them in our corner as well. So. Thank you to them. Thank you again to each and every one of you. Again, sign up for the podcast, the newsletter, roguewaterlab.org. Please help us get some love on Twitter and Instagram. We need to share it with your folks, um, like your peeps, not like your parents, unless you think they'd be, they'd be into it. You know, you can go that route too. But um, yeah, so Ariane, without further ado, thank you for being on this journey with oh. me. <laughs> 
awkward area and taking a tender moment and making it weird. But uh, thank you for being on this journey with me and, and everything that we have tucked away in our noggins right now in terms of vision. It's been a blast. Mm-hmm. I appreciate everything you do every week, week after week. It's amazing. Y'all, it's so a, much it's talent a labor in one body. Of love. So much mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. All right, now you can say it. So without further ado, let's get to the show. So welcome everybody to uh, Water in Real Life uh, with, I would say the H2 duo, but uh, they got right fired. Now, huh? They got fired. They got fired. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. They got fired. You're hearing a voice right now of somebody and you're going, who in the heck is that? Well, uh, my name is Gray Wukash, and I am the external affairs manager for the San Antonio Water System and a friend of your friends. And so um, I get the really cool opportunity today to sort of turn the tables a little bit on uh, Ariane and Stephanie and uh, get to ask them some questions. And uh, I know they've had other people that have interviewed them before, but I told them I'd like to go a little bit deeper. And I want to pull some stuff out of them so you get to know uh, really who these two uh, fabulous women in water are, really are kind of in a personal life. I've gotten an opportunity to, to get them to get to know them that way. So um, that's what we're going to do today. And I hope uh, you two are ready for that. We are. And uh, I am going to, I'm going to do my best to be as vulnerable as possible because I, you said like when we had a brainstorm sesh about this episode together and um, Greg always has to force us to believe that we have fans or people who give two hoots about us (laughs) (laughs) and that level. And so he said, you know, like, just like he said, we've had our friend Travis Sloop uh, ask us questions before we've had our buddy Reed Cohen, George, um, Nathan Oli. Yep. Just in the episode previous to this in 99, we had George Lots Hawkins. Lots of dudes interviewing us. Yeah. Come mm-hmm. on, ladies. Yeah. We need to get some ladies on here pegging us. With, maybe that's what Wendy Wilkes will do. Yeah. We were daydreaming about having Wendy Wilkes uh, from Asdua come on here. I think she would be a great <laughs> woman to ask us questions. But yeah, so Greg challenged us like he said, I want y'all's listeners, fans, whatever you want to call them, um, water in real lights, water Einsteins coming soon to, to get to know you guys on a different level. And so we're going to do this. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going yeah. yeah. huh? so to be all up in our feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, will <laughs> I just right beer. off the bat, we'll just tell your listeners that uh, this will be a little bit different, um, you know, podcast interview than normal because we are going to uh, go into some uh, personal, you know, questions. And what the hope is, is that just by hearing um, Stephanie and Ariane kind of give you some of these, you'll get a little bit better idea of really who they are, um, you know, as people. And we see their personas, we hear about them all the time, we hear their love of water, but they also have other hobbies and other loves in life as well. And so we just wanted to talk about that today. And um, and then also, we're going to have them also give us some some kind of maybe some philosophy of life uh, so that we can, uh, how, how can we adapt that into our own lives as well? So I know they're shaking their heads right now going, oh no. I'm shaking my head yes and Ariane shaking Good. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I have a certain question for her here in just a few minutes that uh, will, will be perfect. But, you know, I mean, every so often we do get 
a snippet about your personal life from from one of the episodes. Um, you know, we get to hear especially about the farm or you know kids and things of that nature. But I, I would like you, if you would, just take an opportunity today to expand maybe that a little bit more. Tell us about your family life, your background, maybe even some of the hobbies that are important to you, and you know, mainly of that stuff that's kind of outside of water. Okay, so before we get into those stories, I have to tell this one right quick because this is just this is a day in the life of Stephanie and Arianne. So, of course, this morning Arianne drove up to town, as we'll call Fort Worth now, because oh, yeah, because town. of COVID, she's been at the farm, and so she drove up. We spent some few hours at the office, and like always, the the morning got away from us. And so, during this past hour before this call, we were frantically rushing to get something to eat get it in our bodies. And then of course we forgot, this is our hundredth episode. And mm. I think you're going to ask this of us later, but as you know, we are fans of celebrations. And so of course, because we were so rushed, we forgot to get bubbles, oh. which are our favorite group drink of choice. So instead we're, we're having beer and koozies right now, which you can't hear the, Clink. you can't hear the clinking. But what's funny is that as we're sitting here, I just took a sip out of <laughs> Yeah. So now I have the coronavirus. No, she may or may not. No, she doesn't. But um, we're definitely not social distancing right now. Not at the moment. But uh, that's part for the course of a day in the life of the duo. So I don't know. Do you want to start? Okay. Wow. Uh, You're already making me go into some some deeper things that I'm. I have to think about now, which is hard. Okay. So your family. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when you say, tell me about yourself what your hobbies your family hobbies what are those okay so I have twin girls that are five and a three-year-old singleton and um they have really you know taken over my life my husband's life and so I guess right now I'm in that moment of it's this is kind of sad already but that moment of losing yourself Mm. to your children and I'm experiencing that, you know, that phase right now, just all about them and trying to keep them entertained and, and alive every day. <clears throat> so when you say ask about like my hobbies, I'm like, damn, what did I used to do? <laughs> so I actually have been um, under quarantine. I've been thinking a lot about that and how to, you know, we can get into some other things that have been going through my head, but I'm actually about to I am going to, not about to, I am going to build a guinea fowl pin. Ooh. And I'm going to start raising guinea fowl and a couple chickens. And then I am going to <clears throat> turn this pin that I have currently in my, on my farm and that's been overrun by weeds and probably a lot of snakes. I'm going to put a goat in there. And that goat is going to help me clean up my pin. <laughs> and... and I'm serious, y'all. Like, I have, you know, I got, believe you. That's why we're laughing. We absolutely <laughs> because know I I need something else to do, something else to take care of. But <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But I, for real, I'm like, you know, I I gotta like take back a little skosh of like me, and that's really like me to the core. Like, I dream of living this simple life on a farm with, you know, just hanging out with the animals all day and taking pictures and posting them on Instagram and letting my kids run around barefoot. And we do that to an extent, but I don't really get to enjoy life on the farm like I want to. And so for me, that's like, 
something I'm trying to get back into is like cooking dinner for the family, taking on that role of, of mom and wife, you know, cause I've been breadwinner and business builder for a couple of years now. And I'm like, okay, quarantine has really showed me like who you really are. We, you need to go back to that a little bit, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah, that's mm. good. So, good. I don't know. <laughs> and I have a husband I've been married for 10 years and he's fantastic. Oh. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in love with him. Oh, well, that's so. good. Yeah. And he, like he's a, you know, he's a, uh, a farmer rancher. I mean, he is a Texas cowboy kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, oh. Uh, yeah. It's funny yeah. when, when people are like, so your husband's a farmer. And I'm like, yeah, except he doesn't wear boots. He wears, I mean, he has mud boots, but, you know, he's a, he likes Pumas and <laughs> he likes, you know, like all those fancy brands, Lacoste and those golf tees and, He's a golfer and he's a bougie farmer. He's a bougier farmer, you know, gotcha. he's not, he doesn't have a cowboy hat or belt buckle or Wrangler jeans. My God, that'd be nice. Um, no boots, <laughs> you know, none of that, <clears throat> you know, but he's, you know, I guess he's like the best version of like, you could put a city boy out into the, onto the farm and he's adapted. Well, like he wasn't ever really a city boy, but that's kind of what he looks like. So mm. it's kind of funny. City slicker. <laughs> And we have, gosh, I don't know, 80 cows and yeah, they're not just. That's the thing is he, he's not like an, I mean, like an urban cowboy. Right. But I mean, he's, he's, but he really is, you know, running the cows. I mean, he, he, yeah, he works he with the cows. So like, I, I don't care what you wear. It's, yeah. it's whether or not you actually work with the animals or not. That yeah. uh, for me kind of becomes the, that's like, official. It's so funny. Cause I've taught him how to do some social media. Cause I said, I can't run yours for you. You have to do it yourself. And so I taught him some basics, you know, a while back and he has just taken off. So, you know, Glory Farms on Facebook is, it's a funny page to to follow. You'll get snippets of our kids. And, and like today he just posted, see, I don't even, I find out what's going on on the farm from Facebook because <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't come home and tell me, but on Facebook, he's like, well, it's weaning season y'all. And I'm like, weaning season. <laughs> So I text, I'm like, oh boy, my mother-in-law is pissed right now because there's probably 10 or 15 babies and mamas bawling for each other. Aww. Yeah. Cause it's weaning time. I'm it's like, weaning time. <laughs> so I, by proxy have learned so many different facts about <laughs> animal husbandry that I never thought possible. <laughs> just saying. It's a whole new podcast. Whole new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie just being like, what? Stephanie's uh, version of, Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, you're up. I'm up. Um, Let's see. Uh, So I moved around growing up every two or three years. I'm trying to like list things that people that you couldn't find on my resume or that you may not come up in general conference talk when we see people around. But uh, I was adopted. I was adopted when I was an infant. So I knew only the parents that I that I had growing up. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force, and we moved around every two or three years. And so my childhood was moving. Uh, I always liked it as a kid. Uh, the only time it got really hard was when I got older. We moved from Springfield, Virginia. My dad was stationed at the Pentagon and retired while we were there. And we moved from Springfield, Virginia to... Um, here, Fort Worth, Texas, and I finished out high school here. And that that move was a little harder, um, which 
would be, which is ironic because I actually had a pretty tough time my freshman year of high school. Um, I was actually bullied in high school, which we can get into that in another podcast if we want to. So it was always amazing to me that it was hard to leave as it was, but I guess it's just because I was older and I had a boyfriend. That's why she has me now though. I'm her bouncer. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I moved around. I'm, I'm adopted. I actually went to, I went to TCU here in Fort Worth. Um, I decided that I wanted to get the hell out of here. I actually just told, like, when I was, uh, after I graduated, like, I, w- I just told the story yesterday that um, I think it was, like, second semester of my senior year, I was a business major, and I decided that I didn't really see myself as a business person, but I also realized that I was this close to graduating, and I didn't want to do that okay. to my dad. Yeah. So I was like, let's just graduate, get the degree, and we'll figure the rest out from there. So I moved to San Diego. And uh, I was managing American Eagle Outfitters stores. Uh, and while I was there, I decided I went out there because I wanted to work in the music industry. That's what I decided that I wanted to do. And while I was out there, I finally had made the decision. I had been out there for almost two years and I finally made the choice like, you haven't done anything yet. You need to just start and do something. So I decided that I was going to go. I wanted to be a tour manager. That's what I wanted to do. While I was in college, I interned in an independent record label in San Diego, and I realized that that was not the side of the industry that I wanted to be on. I wanted to be on the side with the actual artists themselves, not the people who were like telling them what kind of art they should make. Um, So I was like gung-ho, ready to go, came home, told my dad, like, this is what I'm doing. Went back to California, and shortly thereafter, I found out that I was pregnant with Molly, who is... Yeah, we're talking to you. Yeah, who is 14 now? And oh my God, Molly's next week is her last day in eighth grade. I'm about to have a high schooler, y'all. I don't even know what to do about that. Oh boy. She's, I think she's giving us fire eyes right now. No. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, and so it's, it's an interesting thing with children. I, I started to see the world in a much different light. I wanted to make the world a better place for than it was before I got here. And so, uh, the retail life wasn't really conducive to having a, an infant. So my mom offered to send me back to grad school. And I was like, you know, this time I'm going to go back for something that I'm really passionate about. So I went back for environmental science. And that's what really landed my first job in water utilities because I got a job as a paid intern working for... Um, working at the public works department uh, in a small city, Bedford, Texas, it's like 50,000 or less people, something like that. Um, and so I've told that story in other podcasts of that's how I got into water. It was my professor at TCU, Becky Johnson, who really got me into it. So all of, all of those stories I've, I've kind of already told, but a lot of people don't know that the reason that I kind of made that shift was because of Molly. And, uh, and so like, she put me on that path. And if I go too much further down that, I'm going to start getting emotional. <laughs> I'm not ready to do that on question right. one yet. <laughs> so I question, right? But that's yeah. to pull that out of you. But uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. On a, on a personal note uh, with your families, I've, I've had the uh, opportunity both uh, to uh, Arians, you know, meet, meet your family and, mm-hmm. and see your kids uh, showing animals at the San Antonio mm-hmm. Stock Show Rodeo mm-hmm. and, 
and kind of being in the barn and, and up close to see your animals. And uh, that was actually a really big thrill for my wife and, and my daughter to be able to have y'all kind of like talking through that, that and how it all works. So that was, that was pretty cool. That was recent actually. Yeah. So that was yeah. really neat. Oh, um, and I for, I forgot to add that I think two years ago now it was, I actually randomly, accidentally found my birth family in oh, yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so that's also been a really cool part of, new yeah. part of the journey is finding this whole other family uh, in New Mexico. I was born in Santa Fe. That's where my my mom and dad adopted me, but the rest of my birth family is in Albuquerque. And so me and Molly have been out there several times to go visit them. And uh, yeah, that's been really cool. I've been there. Yeah. Even Arianne went with me. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's a really important part because that's a kind of a new thing um, Mm -hmm. as part of your story. Um, And then I I had a chance to meet your dad um, who laughed about your dad, but he's this great scotch drinker and he, uh, he, uh, I I am too. And so we had this really cool, uh, kind of opportunity to talk about scotch and he gave me some really, really good advice that, that I've been able to follow. So, uh, okay. yeah, y'all are surrounded by really, really great family and really great family, and, uh, all part of your, part of your story for sure. Um, so let's, let's sort of talk about that. I mean, you, you said you're not ready to go that, that deep yet. Well, oh, I I mean, let's get go. there. Let's go. Uh, Come know, on. Recently, well, because, because recently <laughs> you know, we're both part of an excellent webinar, uh, on from one twenty water and it was on vulnerability and trust. And, um, so really in the spirit of that, and, and really for, for most of our interview today, that's kind of what I wanted to dive a little deeper into is really your own vulnerability. So we can get a sense of really who you are and, and how you lead. Um, cause a lot of people don't know that you both lead this organization, this, uh, this, this empire, uh, Ooh, empire, wow. you know? <laughs> you both lead it though from a place really of, of vulnerability and, and really from and, and trust. So do you find it difficult to be vulnerable with those in the water industry and, and, and why or why not? I, for me, I'll, I'll kind of start a little bit. So, um, my background and my story, we didn't really get into the way I grew up or was raised or this or that. Um, but that has really shaped how I am today. And I think like, as part of my, like, to get through some of the harder times, um, of, of running a business, of, of starting this journey. Um, I'm grateful for the crazy, um, unconventional childhood raising, (laughs) rearing, um, that, you know, was in my life. And, um, it got me, you know, it made me a strong person to be able to do this kind of thing. And with, with no, like, yeah, let's just do it. You know, I've lived through harder things, so, um, this will be fun. Um, so being vulnerable is just kind of, I don't know. It's just, I've always told people, you know, I can remember being in high school and, and reaching out to friends, parents and, and leaning on them for a lot of support emotionally. And, and sometimes just to get me out of a, a, a situation, you know? So for me, I never really cared about what other people thought. It was just get me out of the situation or, or let me see what a normal family could look like. You know, I just, it never really occurred to me that, um, that was vulnerability or that was being honest about the situation I was living in, um, was a big deal. I just thought anyone, everyone reaches out for help. Right. Um, 
And so, um, I don't know. I just never have always been honest about the different, um, big milestones or whether good or bad. And for this, it's just like secondhand, like I'll tell you how, I'll tell you my worst day on the, on the job. I'll tell you my best days on the job. I'll tell you some truths about running a business from my perspective. Um, I'll tell you about how I have bubble guts. I'll tell you about, you know, all the fun times that we have. So it's just, I don't know. I don't, I'm an open book. I've always been like that. I will say, I'll add one thing. Working for the city though, taught me that I did have to have a filter a little bit because you can't just act, you know, you can't just, you have to have a kind of an act when you work for the city and you, you have to, um, you know, you're serving the public. So you can't just like be this, whoever, you know, can't be wild and crazy. You can't just say things off the cuff. Well, you represent the city yeah. just like anybody <clears throat> so, represents their organization. So that, having that as like one of my first jobs right out of college, I love that I was raised by city employees. I feel like, you know, oh, they, good. a lot of city employees don't even realize how, how much they helped raise me to be who I am today. So yeah, to me, that's like a two-pronged question because on one hand, it is the point of being vulnerability and being ourselves, which I think Ariane just spoke a lot to. I think that that's one of the reasons people do, that we do resonate with some people is because I think when you meet us, it's pretty evident that you're meeting the authentic version of ourselves. You know, we're we're definitely on in the public because we're we're talking to a bunch of people and we're listening to stories and we're being engaged. But I mean, that's still being, we're just at this level of authenticity versus like just low key authentic on the day to day, like we are right now. So in terms of that, I don't think it's difficult for us to be vulnerable in that way for, for me personally, where, and I think you're, you're going to ask us about bubble guts later, but uh, for me, the part of vulnerability where I tend to get bubble guts within working, talking, presenting to those in the industry is when we have to be really frank and candid ab mm. candid about where we're coming short as an industry and in the way that we're communicating, the way that we're engaging with our customers, um, some of the things that we may not have handled right uh, from a communication perspective in the past. And for me, that's the part where vulnerability becomes uncomfortable. You know, just a recent example I think it was the day or day after we did that webinar was we were in this conversation and uh, I felt like the the members of the utility that we were working with weren't thinking about an, the issue that we were talking about from the perspective of the impact on the customer. Like I understand where it's an organization, we're running a business, so they need to be thinking about all of the things that they were. But I also was like, they need to be thinking about this like stop getting in the weeds and the minutia of how much this or that should be or, or how they should lend assistance. Like think about you as your, as a customer, like what would show you that, oh, wow, they must really care. They really must understand what an inconvenience this was for me. And I was like side texting Ariane my thoughts on this because I was just assuming that I would maybe email later. And she forced, she was like, nope, you got to say it. Just say it. Just say it. And it was so scary. Uh, I mean, so even when 
all of these hard, difficult, challenging situations and conversations and new ways of thinking that we're challenging our listeners and the people who hear our presentations and, and things like that. All of those things that we're asking you to do and to step up and do, we are asking of ourselves. Yeah. So we're not asking you to do anything that we wouldn't. And just because this is something that we live, live eat, and breathe, it's still hard for us because oh, yeah. it's just hard for us as humans in general. And so I had to like, whoo, like get really sweaty and build up my strength and like speak up, take myself off mute, off the call and say what I felt like needed to be said and just get it out there. And I would have regretted, I would have hung up and regretted had I not said anything and, and made sure to say it. And so those are the times when I get nervous is when we're giving people that call to action of thinking about what they've done or what they're doing and, and taking not being offended or getting defensive about it, but just being open to looking at things in a new way and trying things that are different. So, yeah, it's funny. Like when you say that, I was just thinking about how much I've had to overcome with, I'm a people pleaser or I'm actually like, I don't want to inconvenience you in any way. <laughs> and so I'll like do, I'll like, I would usually ask something um, or, or instead of giving you advice on maybe we should, or instead of just saying, client, you need to do this, or friend, you need to do that, I'll be like, well, maybe let's kind of think about the way we should probably be doing this over <laughs> here. And then like, well, I don't know. I mean, if that's like a problem for you, then like maybe we could do that over there. And I'm like really, really, really trying to X out all of that extra, you know, stuff and just go straight for what is it that you're trying to accomplish or what is it that you're trying to say and just say it. Yeah. You know cut through the weeds yeah hard it Super is hard. hard point though i mean that that is your authenticity i i like that you use that word because both of you that's the one thing i i, I really you know enjoyed about getting to know you um and why i call you friend and not just you know sort of like you know sojourners in the in the water world um you you're you're both really authentic and so you know, you feel like you can get to know each other, uh, get to know you really well. And, and, and really what you see is, is kind of what you get. Passion and awe, right? Mm -hmm. when, you, when you hear something. And we're going to talk about that in just a second because you, you've brought up a couple things um, that I think are going to be important to, to turn around that I think a lot of us could, could say we, we deal with um, in our professional lives. But, but Arian, I mean, y'all keep using this word, uh, in, in, in a lot of your podcasts, you use this phrase bubble guts, right? You've even used it oh, even, even oh, today. Um, and I, and, 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 I did. And people are probably like, what the heck? You know, they're trying to look it up on oh, Google. Or whatever. What, what is your definition or what does that actually okay. mean when you say bubble guts? Okay. Well, first of all, bubble guts comes from um, Friday, the movie. Oh, yeah. You've got the BGs, the bubble guts. <laughs> okay. And it's when your stomach's in knots or to be quite frank, it's when you feel like you're about to shit your pants. Um, because, <laughs> yeah. Cause you you're know, nervous you're or nervous scared or scared. Like, yeah. Um, I you just know. never like to say that. Cause then every time I say that people are going to be like, Oh, Stephanie's about to shit her pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of past that. I, you know, I said I had three kids. So people know like, <laughs> you I got shit your own. pants. No, that I like, <laughs> talk about like oh my okay. pee my pants so oh well yeah that yeah. was one of the stories I was thinking about in vulnerability is telling telling firemen that yes I just that you just pee your pants yeah, yeah. well okay okay <laughs> so anyway so bubble guts 
um, yeah, that's what it means. It means you're nervous. It means your your stomach's tied in knots. Um, Molly, the 14 year old, is clearly hi- hidden from this. She's like, she's like, I'm she's out, like, I'm out. Um, and it's you know, it's something that I I also suffer from anxiety, um, and so my bubble guts come probably more frequently than most from everything, from really. literally everything. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things give me bubble guts. It gave me bubble guts to drive up to Fort Worth today, you know. Um, but that's okay. I just work through it. Take my Pepto-Bismol and move along. <laughs> just kidding. I, I think it is important that, and I'm, I'm going to stop for just a second and highlight that because you, you know, you did say you suffer from anxiety and that's, I mean, that's a real thing. You it's know, it's not thing. like we're just brushing over that. I mean, that's a real thing. And, yeah. and it does get um, involved in a lot of decisions you make and or not make right. I mean, and so a lot, a lot of probably your listeners uh, could say, "Wow, I, I didn't know she suffered from anxiety. So do I, every day." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's important that you say it's part of your story. Yeah, and I'll add like if I'm there's a couple things I appreciate my bubble guts because it means I'm on the edge of something. I'm on the verge of something either really exciting Good. that it could be really exciting. Um, it's going to make me uncomfortable, but it, it can go really exciting. So I, I kind of like learned to listen to my body. And so when I do feel that I'm like, okay, what, what's about to happen? And then on the opposite, if I don't feel bubble guts or in my, I feel things in my bones. I feel like when I know something just feels right, it's, I can like literally feel my bones fire up. And like, that's kind of how we started rogue when I was like, I feel it in my bones. This is the right decision. We have to do this. And I was like, Oh, it's in your bones. Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, when, when something, right. Yeah. yeah, Like (laughs) if I'm not feeling the anxiety, um, you know, because I'm feeling something that, that clear and that right. Like to, that's how much, like how much anxiety I live with every day. So when I don't feel it, I'm like, Ooh, we gotta, we gotta go this direction. Like this is my body saying, this is right. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a, a moment of peace first, just a second. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's practical. We- I mean, that's a practical thing, right? For people who do suffer from anxiety, how you could turn that around and utilize that actually. It's to hard. Drive yeah. 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 It's good. hard. You have to, it's a practice every day. You have to trust, you know, yourself and that's super hard. Sure. But- I mean, we talk about being a organization that's, dedicated to communication, but there's, and that's why we won't really call ourselves a marketing agency. We do do elements of marketing and what we do, but we really are more passionate just about communication as a whole. And so one of those elements, which we talked about in that webinar was emotional intelligence and how important that is in, into the equation. And, um, we could have a whole another podcast on the emotional intelligence required to be the business partner of someone who suffers from anxiety. And I say that like joking, but also I mean, very serious. And I yeah. mean, there's, yeah. there's me and my dad used to have this saying when I was little, cause I'm impatient. I've grown a lot in that area over the past few decades, but I've always been impatient. My dad used to have the saying that he would say, Hey, Stephanie, how, how impatient are you? And I would say half as much as you are. And he would say, and how patient, how impatient am I? And, and I would say, wait, hold on. I said that wrong. He said, he would say, how much patience do you have? And I would say half as much as you do. And he'd say, how much do I have? And I would say, absolutely none. So I had like half of absolutely none. And I feel like 
God said, challenge accepted. I'm going to give you a business partner and best friend with anxiety. I'm going to give you a dog with anxiety. I'm going to give you a child with anxiety. Like you are going to learn and He'll find you. Yeah. You are going to learn patience in your world, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot wow. of, yeah. That's amazing. So, you know, if you want to ask the question of how we deal with it, you know, yeah. as, as a yeah. duo, like, um, I've had to, you know, be vulnerable and tell her I'm feeling a lot of anxiety today, or I'm super overwhelmed. You know, she coined, she, she didn't coin this, but she said this and it will forever stick with me that, um, I have, I felt mental wreckage in the last oh, few yeah. weeks. And I'm like, she's, it was a quote that had the, just the phrase mental wreckage. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like sometimes I feel like I just have mental wreckage and, and that's okay, but I have to, I can't keep that inside, um, and, and keep it. And this is how my husband and I deal with it too. Like, I have to tell you in order to get it out of my body, my soul, my mind, but also so you can deal, you know what you're dealing with, know what you're getting yourself into. And I, I vividly remember, you know, December, 2017, we're sitting in her car going, oh crap, what did we just do? And she's like, you know, I'm having, I'm like, I'm full on having anxiety right now. Like I'm having a, I'm freaking about to have a panic attack, you know, and we just have to talk through it, you know, and, and it's hard. It's always going to be a thing that we have to work through, you know, but the key word is communication. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Again, Imagine always that. coming back to that. that. Yeah. And just like having the vulnerability to talk about it and not only, you know, on her side saying I'm having anxiety, but you know, on my side, being able to communicate what that does to me, because fundamentally like this works and we have a lot of fun together. Uh, but like fundamentally we are entirely different people. There's a lot of things that we have in common. There's a lot of things that we agree on, but fundamentally we are very different people. And so for her to say that, like one thing that I've had to learn in this partnership is because we are best friends and we, but we also are co-business owners. And, you know, when she is communicating this to me and, you know, charges in the office when we used to come to the, you know, charges in the office and tells me like today's freaking out, freaking crazy scenario that's going on in Ariane's world and how this is causing her anxiety and this or that, like the friend, the friend side of me is, you know, listening from that perspective, but the business side of me is already like running through my mind of, well, shit, she has all this stuff going on. Like, I don't want to ask her to do this because I want to take that off her plate. And so that was like, I think one of the first real clashes that we had as a partnership was when she was going through all of this like turmoil and me as a friend was trying to keep things off her plate or take off, take Mm -hmm. things off her plate and just like becoming extremely, extremely overwhelmed on my own plate. Like my plate was like, which I'm feeling and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm doing nothing but disappointing her every five seconds. Like, I feel like that's all I'm doing is just being a disappointment after disappointment to her. Um, and so it really just took a moment of like, stop what the hell is going on. Let's talk about this. And in both just learning, like, in those moments, I don't need you to take anything off my plate. I just need you to listen. And like, let me just say this out loud. Let me just vomit this for a minute. And then like, let's move along. But it's just, it's a constant. Yes. 
it's a constant like yeah and, back and, and again part of the i think the, the beauty of it is that a lot of times we want to we want to select people on our teams that are just like us. We mm. tend to want to hire people just like us. And, mm-hmm. and I was going to say that exact thing while ago, you two are, are fairly opposites. In the I don't way want you another approach. me on the team. Um, but it, it works because you pull the best out of each of you. Um, each of you pull the best out of each other. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that that is really important for, you know, your listeners to know that, that as they're assembling teams or as they're starting new ventures, it's not uh, always a great idea to just surround yourselves with, all the same kind of people. Mm-hmm, exactly. um, you definitely want to have different kinds of people around you for sure. Yeah. The most creative spirit, but it may, it may, uh, it may make you have to communicate uh, um, much a better lot. challenge your communication. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, so Ariane, and, and this is just my observation. I think Ariane says bubble guts more than, than you do, Stephanie. <laughs> really? Uh, in most of the episodes, I, I hear that coming out of, of her more, but from your Sometimes. perspective, I, you tend to have something that, that you and I have talked about. We, we actually talked about it last year at Catalyst, uh, and, and it's imposter syndrome. Mm. And it's a real thing. Um, we all struggle it, with it at times. So unpack that um, imposter syndrome kind of idea uh, that we've, we've dealt with and talked about. Yeah, so I feel I feel like imposter syndrome is really part of the the common vernacular. But if you aren't familiar with it, it's just having the sense of no matter how much you know or no matter how much experience you have, that you're just somehow pulling the wool over everyone's eyes and that one day you're going to be exposed for who you are and that you really don't know anything. And who are you to be called a thought leader or all of or any of those kinds of you know, names that we give people or leaders in, in life or industry or whatever. And um, the struggle is real. And it's so real sometimes that when people give us compliments or when people give us kudos about certain things, I have to be really mindful to accept it and say thank you. Because humility is, I, I love the fact of how humble we are about what we're doing and our impact, but it's also important to to accept the recognition that you do get because we do work really hard for it. And so I think it it discredits and you know doesn't show the gratefulness that we have to not to not accept those things as we get them. But I mean, if you know, if I'm being vulnerable, being honest, like I feel it like every day. It's a constant just feeling of what am I doing? Uh, who am I to do this or that? Or um, it's just, it's, and I think also coming from the background that we did, um, public educators and communicators, um, you may disagree, listeners may disagree with what I'm about to say, but I always felt, even in like the best of situations, I always felt like I was kept in my place to some degree. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely knew where I fell in the totem pole and it was pretty close to the bottom. <laughs> and, uh, and so maybe it's from growing up, quote unquote, that career wise in that place and just now coming out and speaking more publicly about how what we do in those roles is so important and how we are this untapped resource and that we do have things and skills to bring to the table that can be helpful to our organizations and to our industry and to our utilities. Um, So I think it's not only just a combination of 
me personally suffering from that on a day-to-day basis and like battling that, but also um, just kind of the overall sense that I get that communication and public education is kind of viewed in industry as a whole. So it almost like amplifies it in this industry specifically, but um, you know, I battle through and it's also on a good, on a good, on the good side of it, it also drives me. It drives me to stay curious. It drives me to continually approve. It uh, drives me to learn more, to, um, to just invest in myself. And so there's, there's good sides of it too, but yeah, it's legit. And and a while ago, you mentioned um, how you, you got to that moment where you knew you needed to speak up Mm. and um, you were trying Mm. to decide whether to do it or not. Right. Um, would you say that maybe some of that imposter syndrome sort of played into that in that moment? Like, who am I to speak up at this moment? Oh, yeah. Chime in. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's why I won't, it's why I still won't say anything. I will tap her <laughs> and I will text her and ask her to say things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you go, you, 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 you do it. You do yeah. it. And then I'll be like, no, you say it. And then I force <laughs> her to say it. So, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, I think that that, that was a big part of it. And not only from, the actual work that we're doing, but just from that sense of being an, of labeling yourself as an entrepreneur. Like when I think of an entrepreneur, I think of like, I don't know people who lead and different lives than I do. And if you go on Instagram and you follow any of the major entrepreneurs out there that are giving advice, they're, they just have this look to them and they just have like, they wake up and work out every day. They're all like ripped. They all appear to have their lives completely together, like nothing out of touch. And I'm like, well, that's not at all what my life is like. So I must not really be an entrepreneur, but I am an entrepreneur. I'm just a Stephanie entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and she's an entrepreneur, but she's an Ariane entrepreneur. I'm a hot mess entrepreneur. (laughs) I woke up like this means, yeah. I'm in my slippers and my tall tea. I'm yeah. like scooting around as quiet as a mouse to my bathroom before the kids wake up. Yeah. Well, and I, and, I, and again, I think that that's the reason why authenticity is, is so important, right? Um, yeah. And I think even this discussion today is so important because it would be easy for, uh, you know, you're, you're on your hundredth episode and it would be easy for your listeners for 99 episodes to say, man, those two really have it together. Those two <laughs> have a business that are, you know, that that's thriving. And it is, I mean, it, it is, is great. It's, but, yeah. but I mean, in terms of like, well, you know, they, they just like, you know, they don't have any problems. And, and so, and so somebody's sitting back going, well, who am I? I mean, I'm listening to them, but I don't have any problems and I've got a family and I've got anxiety and I've got, you know, all of these things. Right. And so kind of unpacking that with you two today is to say, hey, I mean, you're just, you are. This is who yeah. we are, and I think you represent um, the water educators and communicators really well because, you know, you are us. We are you, right? Yeah. And, uh, and 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 Arian, to your point, I mean, I think we all we all are sort of hot messes for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I want to add a little bit, like, you know, not I'm not going to make this the Arian show because there's going to be a book coming out one day. <laughs> but I mean, you know, let's be real for a second. Like, I have debt. We're working on debt. You know, mm-hmm. for the last year, you know, when I first started Rogue Water, like we, I, I've got a lot of debt from starting a business, you know, personally. And, you know, we didn't always have great paychecks. And so it was a struggle. It's been a huge struggle. Like, are we going to have enough money to pay bills and feed these kids and take care of everything? Like, I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, 
it's being honest about that. It's talking to her about that. It's talking to my husband about this. It's what else can we do? What else do we need to take on? You know, we, we talked about like when we first started, you know, this wasn't, I didn't start a business by myself and have to make enough money to raise my family. We started a business and we both have to make enough money to raise our families together. And so there was always that pressure. Um, and, you know, I just want everyone to hear like, you can have debt, you can have that kind of pressure, you can have, what you know, the anxiety, the list that you just named, and you can still make a huge difference. And you can still, you know, just being open about that and talking about that makes a huge difference. I connect the most with people when they tell me those, their worst, yeah, their worst, the worst about them. Yeah. You know, like their when they, when they open their mistakes. closet up. Yeah. Yeah. And pull out their skeletons. Like that's literally how me and Stephanie became best friends was yeah. sitting in a car in a parking lot and saying, let's open up each other's closets and literally pull out the worst skeleton. Like what's the worst thing? And then yeah. we shared it and it's like, oh really? Me too. We had a fashion <laughs> show of skeletons yeah. one day after lunch and it That's was, uh, I, and, I mean, we became best friends. That's like the day that we were like, wow, we, we can connect on a much cooler level because that builds a lot of trust yeah. when you do that. And that's also a lot of vulnerability. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's debt. There's it's ugly. I'm rebranding myself this yeah. year for everyone. I've had multi, lots of people are confused. I am no longer Stephanie Zavala. I am Stephanie Corso. So if you see different names coming up across your feed or whatever, that is, it's me. It's legit. But, you know, even going through my rebranding process, going through divorce and getting that behind me. And, you know, we're, and golly, you could have a whole nother podcast on relationships, well, we but now. like... <laughs> But I mean, yeah, we are, we firmly believe both of us that our, well, I won't speak for you, but I'll say this is that, you know, we each went through our own things and we each came through on the other side. And for both of us, we went through things that, you know, when you're going through something and you get tunnel vision and you just can't see the end of that tunnel and we're both here and we are made it on the other side of that tunnel. And, you know, I don't, while those weren't fun things to go through, I don't have any regrets about anything that's happened to me because I feel like it's either forged me into a stronger person and it's given me the experience to help other people and be a resource for other people. Because if you have, if you've been bullied, if you got kids that are getting bullied, if you have been adopted, if you've been divorced, like I'll talk to you about my, about my skeletons, you know, if that's Mm going to help you or whatever. So no regrets, no regrets. I love love that, and we're gonna move on to the next question. But I love the the, the fact that you say that um, you know you, you want to help people, right? Yeah. This isn't just about it's not just about communication. It's no. not just about education communication. It's not even just about the water sector. It's about no. really helping people to uh, thrive and, and and sort of be the best that they can possibly be. And and I think y'all have done an amazing job with that. I think it's one of the reasons why the podcast has uh, taken off the way it has because, and, and you are at a hundred episodes. It's amazing. We are. Uh, amazing. Because, you know, people can, can, uh, can hear you and, and, and really uh, connect with you. So just want to give you kudos on that. You, you alluded to this earlier. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we know, and we've heard the story about you two becoming friends, becoming best friends and, uh, really before even becoming the H2 duo, but tell us a little bit more about really how the business partnership has had an effect on that friendship, even more than what you've already talked about. I mean, both the good and, you know, the bad and the ugly and, and all of that. 
Okay. We've um, had many tearful conversations yeah. and restaurants and <laughs> Oh, I think we have all of our I think almost all of our like, hey, we need to talk about this happens yeah. at a restaurant. Yeah. And I think every restaurant thinks that we're breaking up or something. <laughs> and they we seem to always get a free bottle of wine. Yeah. Some a, a dessert of sorts. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm sorry, lady. It's here. Here's this <laughs> yeah, free here, thing. Sh- here, here. Um, no, seriously though, I mean I love this chick. She's badass and a great friend, a loyal friend. Um, she's a beautiful soul and, you know, more than my friend, she's my sister. And I look up to her, you know, I tell her we have these things called thankful Thursdays. Ooh, today's is one of today. them. <laughs> um, and, you know, I've told her before, like, I'm thankful that, you know, you're the boss. She's not really my boss, but I, some, you know, I'm like, you're the boss. You're just a boss. And thank you for giving me something to wake up to every day and like strive to work for. Like right now, life is super, super weird and super hard. And I'm not waking up to work for my kids and my family, because if I were, I'd probably quit and like (laughs) just live on the farm, (laughs) you know, live off the land. But I'm here. I wake up every day. I put my feet on the ground and I'm grinding for clients and I'm doing whatever we need to do for the lab because I don't, because she's my sister and I want to help her out. And I'm, I'm here 100% for her right now. Like I just, she is a badass person and to feel to, for her to ever feel like I don't like, I'm not um, giving her that friendship that she needs. Like it's hard. That's hard to hear. Like that we've had times where we're like, wow, we, we forgot that we're friends sometimes, yeah. you know, that we're, yeah we're just grinding, we're just working. And we forgot like that each other, we, we do truly care about each other and, and love each other. And so that's why, you know, this last year was hard. It was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got more clients and, and bigger paychecks than the previous year, which was great, but also it was hard. Yeah. You know, we added a lot of things, you know, we're, living through these different life changes. Um, and you know, you forget that you need your best friend as your best friend. And so we had to top stop and and talk through that on multiple occasions. And, you know, I know when she's, you know, we know each other so well that I know when I'm just like really pissing her off, you know, (laughs) or, you know, or she's like, she probably wants to kill me right now, you know, but I don't like, you know, I, I don't want to like, I don't know. I just, you make me cry. She's my best friend and I love her. Aww, so we can't look at each do other that. right now. I don't want to do that to her, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't want to disappoint her. At the end of the day, I'll be frank. At the end of the day, the business is just the business. The podcast is just the podcast. It's about all of the relationships that you've made along the way. And Ooh. so at the end of all of this, you know, whether the business and everything is successful, whether I'm here or not, like, I want her to be happy and I want us to be friends. And so we've always just said that, like, if we need to scale back, scale down, chill out, stop doing what we're, anything, stop doing everything for the sake of our friendship, I'm game. I'm down. Like, I don't care. I'm down. So, yeah, yeah. <sighs> this is definitely uh, a challenging year um, just because of all of the things that she just 
just pointed out. And, you know, what's funny is that when we first kind of were making this decision, we had several people that were telling us to give pause and to be cautious about going into business with a friend, you know, because everyone has a horror story of two friends who started a business and now they've sued each other and hate each other and no longer speak to each other. And we were always kind of like, ah, that's not going to be us. And I mean, I that's still not going to be us. But I mean, I think we also, that that's not to say that we haven't had those moments and challenges. You want like, to sue me? Like she I said, got I, no money, girl. I don't want to see you. <laughs> I know you don't have any money. <laughs> but, but, you know, like we, we face those. And again, like, I mean, it sounds like we're, tooting communications horn but I mean that's really it's what it's come down to absolutely is those super hard awkward anxiety ridden and put your pride down conversation for the hug yeah and just listen don't just hear what the other person is saying but like listen have empathy um I mean I feel like our our friendship has also kind of helped us be better at what we do because we're forced to put into work all of these things that we tell people to do. <laughs> like I said, we are our own case study. Um, so, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, to her point too, that there was a period where I feel like we did forget to be friends and we just got in this, like put our heads down and started grinding. And that was one of the reasons we did start thankful Thursday because, I was definitely feeling like I was taken for granted and everything that I was putting on my plate and putting on my shoulders. And then, you know, she was saying things that said that, that, you know, told me that she had these feelings like I didn't love me value her, that I was going to leave her or something. And I was like, we're just not telling each other that we are grateful, the things that we are grateful mm-hmm. for each other for. And I don't like, know that I said that right, but knowing like, I have abandonment issues and I have a serious dad issue or dad complex. Like we can go down that path another day. It'll be in my book. (laughs) Um, It'll be in a book one day, but I'll tell anyone about it. Um, But that does play a huge impact on my relationships with the people that I, you know, hold closest to me. And you know, I do, I have gone to therapy. I am starting it back again. Woo, woo. Whoop, whoop. I can't wait. We're a big <laughs> therapy a lot to fans. Unpack. Um, do not be ashamed to go to therapy ever. Nope. Go not to therapy, good. please. Yeah, it's good. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, do not be ashamed to go to therapy. Do not be ashamed to get on meds if you need to. Like, yeah. it's fine. Mental, your mental health is so important. Please take care of yourselves. Like, so I had to like learn what, like, why do I feel like she's always going to leave me? Same with my husband. Why do I, you know, every time I make you upset or make you disappointed, like, why is that the first thing that pops in my head? So I had to unpack that and re- and come to that, you know, and cope with that and, and recognize that these people that love me, they love me. They're not going to leave me and I'm not going to leave them. And, and you work through that. And so, if, you know, for listeners who feel that way, I mean, whether it's at work or personal life, like, you know, you just got to start owning it. Yeah. Good. It's good. Yeah. Well, thank y'all for that honesty uh, there and, and and real vulnerability, because I think it is, you know, it is important that, that people hear that it is okay yeah. uh, to go through that. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, one of the other things that, and you alluded to this earlier, but one of the other things that your listeners um, uh, 
know or maybe don't know is that you celebrate you like to celebrate and you do mm. celebrate well i mean today you're you're celebrating um yourselves oh, yeah. but you Cheers. you mentioned earlier you you too like to pop a good glass of champagne after a major project or event why why do you think celebration though is so important and do you think that we celebrate enough within this industry uh, no. and accomplishments and things we do no, uh, no. Uh, I think celebrating everything, celebrating the small things, the small milestones, I feel like is what got us through that first year that was just so challenging wow. and difficult. Um, it, it reminds you of why you're word. doing it. YOLO. <laughs> you only live one time. Yeah. Well, I guess that's you a lot. You only live one time. Are you going to celebrate all the times you had a shitty day? Yeah. No. But let's celebrate every time that you've had a great day, every time that, you know, you got a positive response, you got, you didn't get a hundred negative phone calls. Like you got to celebrate all those wins because if you don't, you're only focusing on all of the bad times and nobody wants, nobody got time for that. That's one of the things that really bothers me about when someone passes away and you have, um, like that's when everybody says those really amazing things about you or you have a celebration of life. Like I don't want my celebration of life to be when I'm dead. I want my celebration of life to be now, like every single day. And if you feel like, if you feel like you want to say something awesome about somebody, dude, tell them now. Don't mm-hmm. like write it down and wait. Tell them now because you never know what telling them mm-hmm. in that moment will do for them or maybe how much they needed to hear that. Like that happened to us so many times. Oh like my God. we, it's like the universe, God, whatever. We would be in the super low place and like questioning, like, what the hell are we doing? Are we making an impact? Does what we do Should matter? We just go back to the city again. And just out of nowhere, out of nowhere, like we won't even post anything yeah. about it or go fishing for com- nope. for a compliment. Like out of nowhere, like we'll get a text, we'll Ding. get an email, we're, mm-hmm. we'll get a LinkedIn message just from some people who we've never even met in real life who are just like, thank you so much for doing the podcast or thank you so much for this or yada, yada, yada. And it's, it's like, we're like ugly crying, sending these things to yeah. each other because it's happened just, so many times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that celebration is key. Have your celebration of life now while you're alive and living it, even in these weird ass dark times or whatever, like find the light and grab onto it and just make it brighter, add to it. Um, and in terms of like how we celebrate as an industry, uh, no, I don't think that we do that enough. And you can tell by... Uh, I think in some degrees that we do, but I mean, let's be honest, like networking mixes are super fun and we celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Don't you think we celebrate this industry by like giving a plaque to somebody so they can. Yeah. Like, don't, don't you think that that that's like how we've defined it? And so great job for your 40 years. Here's a plaque. Yeah. You get the plaque, you get the trophy or whatever. And and you know, the glass water drop or whatever. And that's not to disparage anybody. Glass water drops, but I'm just saying that like, and then, and so we get the water drop and then we move on. Right. And what I want to see is, okay, we got a phone call today from a client and they said, wow. Um, we've been, we've been obviously proactively communicating about an issue that they've had in the city. And they said for the first time in years, they didn't get a, you know, a shit ton of, I'm just going to say it, a shit ton of negative phone calls regarding that issue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, celebrate. Yeah. That is awesome. Like, you share know, this with your the proactive team. communication is working. Celebrate it. Yeah. I need you to tell all of the people on this team, 
that they're doing a kick-ass job and it's they're making a difference. Yeah. And right now, do that. And and they did, and it's great, you know. And like don't guess what your organization, how they want to celebrate. Ask them. Ask them how they want to celebrate or what would show them that they feel valued. Uh, you know, we had that experience with it could be high signings. fives, it could be lunches, it could be after hours drinking. <laughs> Whatever, you know. And the way to celebrate those small wins, you know, to as an example is, for instance, uh, at, you know, the city where she and I worked together one day, like this was it. It was like in, I think I forgot. It was cold. January, maybe. It was like 14 degrees outside or something. Like the one cold front that came through. Of course, there was this major water main break and one of the major intersections of the city. And the field ops... Uh, peeps were out there all night in like 12 degree weather trying to repair this main. And she and I have been so proactive about telling the utility story and, and getting out there what we were doing that we put out a post to let people know and took pictures out there. And there were just a like, flood of positive comments of like, stay safe. Thank you for your service. Um, stay, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so I came to work and printed those out and taped them to the the board back where they were. So when they came back from the field, they could see that, yes, there were people out there that were being jerks, that were flipping them off or splashing water on them. Well, they, you're like, there's always going to be those people, but that there are other people out there who really care, who really appreciate and value what they give to the city. And so like, you can't, if you're the communicator or you're the educator who's seeing this, like, don't just save that to yourself. Like, make sure you share that kind of feedback with everybody that was involved. Like, that's a way to celebrate. Yeah. And sometimes it is just a high five. And sometimes it's just a high five. And sometimes some really nice bottles of champagne, right? So that, that yeah, works. Sometimes. We will take Ruin Art anytime. Ooh, you can yeah. Give it to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun uh, celebrating the end of Catalyst uh, with y'all when it's all done. <laughs> <laughs> champagne and a large pizza. Yeah. <laughs> we carb load, um, reverse carb load. So now it's time to kind of turn the tables on on you and, and especially with your new lightning round questions, which, by the way, I, I, I mentioned this to y'all earlier. I just want to say it on air. However, it, it was brilliant to uh, to kind of connect your lightning round questions with your uh, values. And, and I thought that was pretty amazing. Um, so, Stephanie, I'm going to start with you. Name a moment that you felt most authentically you. Mm. Mm, um, I have a collection of moments because I would say it would be uh, this past year or so. Um, I have just been working really diligently and really hard to own my truth and to live it. And so it's really just this whole collection of moments where stepping into my own shoes and my own self has been really powerful. Great. Um, Arianne? I am so glad I met blank this year. I really, I really wish you didn't ask you this because <laughs> timelines have flown out the window. I'm like, what year are we in? And when did this year start? Oh, there's so many people. Um, right now, I think the one human being that's been heavy on my mind almost daily is a man by the name of Steven Sanders. Oh, and that dude, <laughs> you know, he, I didn't get to meet him initially. I met him through her and I, I, I just met him on zoom and he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Loved him. Found out that he break dances. <laughs> Duh, I dig that. <laughs> I love to dance. 
Um, and so we met him at the, well, we were going to have a League of Provocateurs meeting, which is our nonprofit Rogue Water Labs um, board of advisors. They're the League of Provocateurs. We were going to have that. This was on like the very beginning of, uh, of this coronavirus outbreak. And so it was right at that time where you don't know if you should cancel things or not. And so we, we didn't cancel it initially. And so Stephen came down here and spent, I think, maybe 18 hours with us mm-hmm. <laughs> before turning back around and, and saying, well, you know what? This wasn't a great idea. We need to go home. Um, and so I got to meet him in real life. I did what I shouldn't have done. I gave him a huge hug right out the gate. He just got <laughs> off the plane, New York, you know, but I didn't care. You know, something about this dude like really clicks with me. And then he gut punched me the other day in a way that I don't know if I'll ever forget. Uh, we had released a, a podcast episode and, you know, in the middle of quarantine and he he just, he just gut checks and says, I just want you to be aware. I'm in, you know, he's in New York. He had lost two people that he knows, uh, you know, cousin, two family members, I believe from, from coronavirus. And so he's in a whole different world of, of this coronavirus than we are here in Texas. And, and he just, you know, gave me this, gave us this text, this reminder about empathy. And I mean, it just gut punched me, but I absolutely adored his honesty and his vulnerability and his, you know, also his, the audacity of him to, to call someone out like that, you know, like in <laughs> the best way, but just to say, ladies, you're doing great, but I want you to rethink what you're doing. Just rethink it. Not saying you have to do anything different, but just think about it. And, you know, it's, I don't know, that dude's been rocking my world. And then he texts us every now and again. He does a yeah, great he checks up check on us. He's, Yeah, he does. Love it. He's great. Shout out DJ Cocoa Butter. All right. Well, Ariane, staying with you. Boldness looks like blank. Boldness looks like um, owning who the F you are. <laughs> owning who you are and, and not... And unapologetically owning who you are. Um, I'm the worst dancer and I love it because I'm the best dancer in my head. Um, I'm, you know, all these different things, but I love it because that's who I am. That makes me unique and and quirky and weird. Um, And I feel empowered and bold when I realize like, that's just me and that's who I am. And Kathy Bailey, uh, boldness looks like Kathy Bailey. Hell yeah. You know, like. Anything, any story that comes out of her mouth, bold, bold, mm-hmm. bold. So when you own who you are and when you are doing that unapo- unapologetically, you're freaking bold, dude. Great. Well, <laughs> see, there you go. Stephanie, I stay curious by... Leaning into my imposter syndrome. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And she reads like a hundred books a day or something ridiculous. Yeah. Well, going back to all the things I said with that is it, it just drives me to just learn more, be more, work more. I'm a work in progress forever. I'm going to die a work in progress. Like that's how I see myself as. Yeah. That's good. That on your tombstone, she died a work, work in progress. That's <laughs> a new t-shirt, uh, new t-shirt saying. So that's the way we all are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is for, for really for both of y'all um, too, um, or one of you can answer this if you want, but I go to work every day so that our neighbors can 
ask me questions. <laughs> I've mm. actually had a physical, my neighbor, my closest neighbor, um, she came over to the farm one day and she goes, what in the hell do you do? I don't get it. Tell me about it. And I got to tell her not just what I do, but what the industry does and what water, mm. you know, and wastewater, how the value of it and everything. And, and just being able to have those questions um, and, and being able to answer those questions just gave her a whole new um, perspective and, and understanding. And so I guess I, I go to work so I can, you know, in the, I guess, higher up levels serve, serve the people. Um, but I don't know. I, I really just like the, I like that I'm like a conduit between the most valuable thing on in this planet and the humans who need it, who have, who don't understand it. Yeah. I was going to say, I go to work every day so that our neighbors can be witness to the miracle of the mundane. I mean, it's in the background all the time, but it's just really cool when you can. That's my answer. That's my answer. I like, see. Miracle of the mundane is also great. She takes my spaghetti noodle that's all wrapped up in this brain. and She pulls out one strain at a time in this beautiful little sentence. She she is a wordsmith, right? She's a wordsmith. Yeah, she's she's really, really great at that. Miracle in the Monday. That's also a title of a book by Tyler Knight Gregson, who is one of our guests. But like, yeah, it's great. Um, Okay, so then what is something that I am deeply grateful for? What are you grateful for? Um, hmm. Couple answers here. This Um, is not the speed round right now. So let's, oh, cadence. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm deeply grateful for... um, for the grace that my loved ones give me, Kyle and my three kids and Stephanie, Greg, um, you guys give me a lot of grace, um, forgiveness, even if you don't actively are saying I forgive you, like (laughs) you guys just give me a lot of grace. You make me, you never make me feel, and they never make me feel like, um, you know, I'm less than, or I'm worthless, or what the hell is she doing? Um, what does she bring into the table? Nah, I'm deeply grateful for my loved ones. Same. I'm I'm deeply grateful for the people in my life and across the spectrum, but especially this journey, this rogue journey that we've been on, the people that have been brought to me through this path. And um, I felt that really deeply at WefTech this past year because um, I was an H2 Uno Ariane got really sick and I had to send her home because she was just in bad shape. And so I sent her home and I went through WefTech as an Uno and not a duo. And she missed me, y'all. I did. I did miss her. But at the end of it, yes. But at the end of it, I was like scrolling through my text messages and I had like multiple text messages from people from all over the place that, you know, we know from like our network of, of the podcast and of Rogue, whatever, but just people like checking in on me Mm -hmm. or, or let me know where it was like Brittany Birch, uh, with Isle had even like, I guess I talk about how much I love Tapo Chico so much. And she'd found me a Tapo Chico and left it at her booth for me. So just like, very uh getting from WEF getting me a t-shirt or you know like but so it was just like took care of you yeah it was just I was like really a very strong reminder to me of how much of a family this whole and see if I was the if I was the I can't even say that or duo uno (laughs) do if I was the uno 
your ass would not have seen me because I would have been <laughs> holed up in the hotel room, freaking out about, oh my gosh, you know, I could do things on my own, but when it, when it's out of my comfort zone like that, I would be like, um, I'm going to go eat off time, like off time. No they they wouldn't me. have let you, they would have been like, what are you doing? They would have gotten you out. And it definitely pulled you out for sure. For sure. Yeah. So if you don't so see me, I'm holding First, up. if you have been a longtime listener um, of the podcast, you know that Stephanie and Ariane always end their podcast with what they say is one of their favorite sayings, that those who tell the stories rule the world. And so now we get to the end of the 100th episode by having uh, you tell us what does that really mean? Well, um, I mean, ultimately, people connect with people. It's how we're hardwired in our brains. And the only way that you can convey the human in you is through story. You can't do it in a PowerPoint. You can't do it in a spreadsheet. The only way that you can convey the humanity is through a story. And there's really, when you think about all the times in your life when you've been the most moved, uh, Think of like what it was that really did it. Was it someone's personal story that they told you? Was it a story that you read? It couldn't have even been a movie that you saw. Like Game of Thrones, one of the most watched television series, I think, ever ended with, wow. Oh my God, do not spoil alert this. You, my God. And that ended with one of the characters saying that there is nothing more powerful than a, a good story. And I think that that's true. And I think that, that that is really what moves people into action. And action is what creates change and change is what defines the ruling of the world. So that's and, my answer. And my answer would be um, me who tells my story rules my world. Like, if I'm going to be quiet and not tell my story and not be authentic and not be true, I, wh- who am I and, and where's my world? Like, it's just going to be bleh. But if I'm out there telling my story, that's my world that I get to talk about. And I don't know, I just took it in the, the super personal, like, if this is your city, you tell that story. If this is mm-hmm. your story, you tell that story. It's, she said something to me one time that your trauma is your trauma and you get to own that trauma and do with it at what you want to do with it. Same with your story. Your story is your story and do with it what you want. And you rule that world. Like when you own your story, you own your truth, you own your world. Yeah. And it actually starts there before you can rule the world. Yeah. And now I, we're all going to evil, evil genius laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I don't sound like an evil I, I, or, or genius. So Greg giggles. <laughs> Um, what I think is so amazing about kind of ending this way is that this entire 100th episode podcast has really been about telling your story Mm -hmm. and, and the authenticity, the authenticity of your story is incredibly important. And, you know, you said before you said this whole podcast that you you don't just, uh, y'all don't just do things, you live them. Mm-hmm. And so here you are on this episode, actually living it out. You're telling your story. Uh, you're going deeper uh, than probably a lot of people have ever have ever heard before. And I, I'm hoping that this is an encouragement today for others who are listening to say, you know what, um, I do have a story, and it's more than just water. It's more than just the the the, the thing I do when I check in every day at eight o'clock or go home or mm-hmm. you know whatever. I have kids. I have 
struggles in life. I have financial woes. I have anxiety. I have all these things. And it all plays in to how we communicate Mm -hmm. and how we tell the story. Um, Y'all know me. I'm a huge believer that we do not leave the stuff at home at home. That doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And it all plays into how we tell our story. So embrace it and allow it to uh, uh, really shape the stories that we tell. And I think they're even more powerful stories when we're authentic uh, like that. So really want to thank y'all both for just being honest and and authentic about it today. I I think it'll be a great encouragement. Anything else, any final thoughts that you want to say before we uh, wrap up? I think the Water in Real Life just found its new host. <laughs> you know, any chance With I get our to mentor, have a conversation, you know, I'm, I am uh, super pleased to be able to do that. And I'm really, really proud of you. And, and on sort of behalf of, uh, you know, uh, H2 Duo Nation or Water in Real Life Nation or whatever you want to call it, uh, I just want to say we're all proud of you. Uh, we all really appreciate you carrying the banner for us all, uh, being our voice in the community and and really giving us encouragement and empowerment to uh, step outside of our boxes like we've never done before uh, to say, actually, we can make a difference in this world. And you two um, are and will be historically seen as uh, the trailblazers of that in our industry. And, and so I just want to uh, say thank you for that. Well, wow, thank you. Hell of a thankful Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> cheers yeah. Cheers to that. Yeah, when, you, when you said that, I envision um, us in a parade. Yeah. And, and yeah. she and I are the ones carrying that first banner, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And then you got, but I mean, that first banner is cool. You're like, oh, yeah, it's starting. But it's everyone in the back, you know, it's the full band, it's the twirlers. It's, I mean, we saw twirlers where I'm from. Yeah. Else. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the flaggers. Yeah. It's the football team. It's everybody behind us um, that that get allow us to carry that tiny little banner up front. So thank you. Yes. Well, well done on a hundred episodes. One hundred episodes. One hundred. One hundred. Amazing. Y'all. Congratulations and thanks for your time today. Thanks for your honesty today, and uh, we look forward to the next one hundred. Thanks. Ooh. Thank you. Oh my God. Now I have to go pee. Just say thank you. Thanks. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes by signing up for the Water Nerd newsletter. Found at the h2duo.com forward slash newsletter. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore h2duo. We share all of our new episodes there as well as in the newsletter. So whether we come across your feed or in your inbox, be sure to share episodes with your friends, family, colleagues, fellow water nerds. Help us spread the word. We hope you learned something new today, got a little inspired, or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world.